You're listening to the Freedom Found Podcast, an audio community for freedom-driven entrepreneurs wanting to build and scale an impactful online business that allows them to spend more time with their toes in the sand than their fingers on the keyboard. I'm your host, Crystal Church. I'm an email copywriter and business mentor, borderless entrepreneur, and wannabe dog mom. On this podcast, we'll talk all things online business, marketing, strategy, mindset, health, travel, and what it's really like to be a borderless entrepreneur. Freedom Found is all about equipping you with insight and actionable tips to help you build your business around your life so you can spend more time exploring new cities, hanging with your family, working on that new business project, or quite frankly, however the hell you'd like. Chances are you know just how important creating meaningful relationships is to the success of your online business, yet somehow it can seem hard to know where to start or to really just connect with people in a way that's true and authentic to you. So if you are at all wanting to create meaningful relationships, this episode is for you, and we are diving in with guest expert Grace Blacksey. She is the founder of Quench Collective, an online community and education platform for modern leaders and entrepreneurs. As a time and business strategist, she helps women up-level their systems, strategy, and mindset so they can design their businesses around their life, not the other way around, which you know, Grace, is what we are all about here at the Freedom Found Podcast. Welcome. I am so excited to have you. I am so excited to be here. Oh my goodness, this is going to be a wonderful conversation. It truly is. And I just want to dive in and ask you to share a little bit about your story because I think that really molds into the topic that we have today and hear a little bit about your background and how you got started in entrepreneurship. I love this question. I always ask, where do you want me to start? Because it almost kind of starts, feels like it started so long ago. Like, I feel like when we actually look back at our journeys collectively, it's like, oh, I was actually, I was gearing myself up for this work, maybe um, consciously or unconsciously for maybe my entire life. It's so, it's so wild to think, but where I like to start is usually where I think a lot of people can identify with, which is when I finally got into what I thought was my dream corporate job, my dream career. My background is in corporate and marketing. I was in that space for over 12 years. And, you know, I had always dreamt when people would ask me when I was younger, you know, what do you want to do when you get older? I would say, oh, I want to do something really big. I remember I felt bigness around it. And I like, didn't, it was more of a feeling. I didn't really know how to always put that into words. And when they would say, you know, okay, well, what does that look like? And I said, well, I know I want to do something for a lot of people. I knew I loved attending events, putting events on. I mean, I started event planning when I was just out of high school. So like from a very early age, I knew, you know, everything from if it was a charity event or a wedding or whatever that feeling was of creating space for people. And when we created space, I saw how it completely transformed the way that made them feel. And that was something that was really special to me, no matter what the venue was or location or decor or music, it just kind of almost transported people for a matter of, you know, four to six hours. And they felt differently in that period of time. And I thought that was something that was really special. So if you would have asked me forever ago, I would have told you that, I would have loved to be planning, you know, the halftime show at the Super Bowl, the red carpet at the Academy Awards. This, you know, what I associated with is again, I'm using air quotes here, big. And so I thought when I finally broke into after, you know, trying out many, many different things in my past, when I broke into the corporate um, event planning space, I was like, this is it. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe I just landed my dream job. 
I am finally, you know, living quote unquote, again, the dream I'm living in Southern California. You know, I even thought having a commute, an hour long commute every morning was part of that dream. Like that was what I knew. I was just kind of paying for that level of success. And I thought that's also what it took to truly feel aligned with this, you know, as a stepping stone to get me further and further to that bigness. I realized very quickly that was not the case whatsoever. You know, my commute turned into a chiropractic bill. My office that I was so excited to finally have a door to was then became, you know, a place where I would spend most late nights laying on the floor, sleeping just to catch a few hours of sleep before my next turnaround time. I mean, it was, it brought me to, to places both physically and emotionally that I didn't even knew were possible. And again, I thought it was just the price of admission. Finally, some people who I'm so lucky to have in my life who love me so much, my mom and my now husband came to me and said, I'm worried about you. This is completely changed who you are and, and your you know, overall very optimistic outlook on life. And what would it look like if you stepped away from this? And I got so frustrated with, by that at first. You know, it was kind of one of those things where it was like, how dare you? This is my dream job. And I was really hanging my hat up on protecting, again, that getting to that feeling of bigness because I thought I could only find that in other people and, and other jobs and corporations and organizations and things that were bigger than me. But what was really happening is I wasn't believing in the bigness of myself. I thought I was small and the things that I was doing was big. And that is, I think, where it all kind of came crashing down. So needless to say, left. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I left uh, that, that industry cold turkey. And I that that is really when quench began. And so it was really actually an experience, I would say an experiment in bringing myself back to life and really finding my own bigness and what that looked like. And I immediately knew that I could use my background in marketing events and business strategy to help other women create again, the business of their dreams, not someone else's. Wow. That is like, that's such a beautiful story. And I love it so much because I think it's really raw. Like that's a human story. I don't like to sugarcoat things around here. (laughs) And I love that about you. And I just love how you were able to just sort of come back to you. And I think even whether people are coming from corporate or they started out in entrepreneurship, it's not hard to lose yourself and to get mixed up in what you think, like those air quotes that you were bringing into this, you should be doing or you should want or what's part of the dream that commute all of those pieces until you're sort of down the line and you're like, oh, wait a second. Like this is the sort of day to day or the life that I've created. Is this what I want? And I just love that you, even though I'm sure it was really difficult, listened to those around you and sort of recalibrated and came back to something now that is like, so you, and I can't imagine you doing anything else. Either. I know that's, you know, that feeling of alignment. I'm grateful for that because I know that some people, you know, spend a long time looking for it. And I'm really grateful that it comes in the form of being able to help other people find that too. You know what? This ties in so perfectly with our topic today about magnetic marketing and how to create authentic relationships online. Because I feel like as somebody who has been a part of your community, as somebody who's, you know, worked closely with you, that you embody this. And this isn't just, you know, a small next consideration in your marketing efforts, right? This is part of what you're cultivating. And tell me if I'm wrong here, but I get the idea that this feeling came from that feeling that you're talking about, that you loved giving people an in-person events, like sort of 
creating this sort of other world for a little bit, creating this environment, or I don't know if bubble's the right term here, but creating an atmosphere where people feel a certain way. And we'll dive into magnetic marketing in just a moment, but can you shed any light on that? Has that influenced at all what you've created today? 110%. And I like to call it experience. That's what it is. And we often so feel good. that we can't create experience unless it's in person, it's in a room, it's in there's actual physical walls around us. But that's that's not true. And that's the beauty of you know what we do, especially if you find yourself in, let's say, the online space. And also if you're in the physical space, then great, because you do have those walls to actually help you create that physical space. The other thing is that, yeah, we're creating experience. And I believe that you can create experience as something as little as maybe a direct message online, all the way to, you know, an interaction that you have with someone um, at a coffee shop, whatever that looks like. It's that they'll look back on their interaction with you as an experience because experiences are the things that leave those fingerprints on us, right? They kind of imprint on us. And those are the things that become very memorable. And I think in order to be magnetic, the experience and the communication around it need to become memorable. And I think that's something that's so important when creating community. And that's really, I think what this, the bedrock of this really is, is it's critical that we realize that when we're going out into this world, as scary as it is, as business owners, as leaders, is that we're doing just that. We're always creating community around us. And within community, we are able to create really, really transformational experiences just in the way that we communicate with people. I love that. And experience, you're right, can be such a small moment to something really grand or larger scale. Mm -hmm. Let's then dive into this nitty grittiness. And can you please shed some light and tell us, just as an overview, if somebody's not heard this term before, what in the world is magnetic marketing? So this is something that's for, again, like I was nodding to earlier, that feeling of bigness, if you will. I also feel like magnetic marketing is something that you feel. And I feel like, you know, even if as a listener, if you kind of close your eyes and think of maybe a leader in your industry and your life, someone who's made an impact on you. And you really think about that person and maybe you, maybe you, you know, a few interactions come to mind for sure, but it's almost that you kind of be, feel pulled into them. You can't really explain why maybe it's that maybe you saw something like minded, maybe you heard something that you really agreed with. Maybe you feel like you trust them because someone that you really trust brought, brought them into your world or, you know, vice versa, whatever that looks like. I think that Meg creating magnetizing things is about making people feel a certain way. And magnetic marketing, I think is just that we tend to, you know, marketing sales, sales as marketing and, and coming from the marketing world, you know, it was always interesting to me when the marketing and sales department were so different and they were so siloed. And I would always just think to myself, gosh, these work hand in hand. Why can't they work hand in hand even more? Right. And this is in more traditional marketing settings, or maybe we're marketing products that are sitting on the shelves of, you know, grocery stores or whatever it may be. And so of course it's maybe on a broader scale, but I think that so much of when we tend to overthink just what it is that we need to do to essentially bring people into our force field is invitation. And so how is it that we're creating an environment that is inviting that then of course magnetizes more people to it? But I think that the very first step in creating any sort of marketing that is magnetizing is creating that in yourself. When you become magnetized, I think then you can do that for your business. Oh, that is so, so good. Let's dive into that a little bit more. Can you tell us about how an entrepreneur can embody this magnetizing element within themselves? 
Yes. So I think it's so important to figure out where you stand. Now we talk a lot about, and Crystal, this is something I love about you. We talk a lot about creating authority in this industry. And I want to go like on even a deeper level than that, where, you know, so authority is to me something that we create by way of being a leader. And sometimes we skip over that piece, like stepping over into the leader, stepping over the piece and part of establishing, let's say our leadership philosophy and what that means to us. We tend to think I'm just this I'm just another person in the sea here. I'm just another person showing up, you know, selling this or doing that. And it can feel really polarizing. It can feel very alone. And if we are feeling that, that's the energy that we're putting out into the world. That's the energy that we're putting out. I think that everyone wants to belong to something. And so if we don't feel like we belong to something, then how can we do that? So I think the very, very first step is actually defining what it means for you to be a leader in your industry. And I'm talking about your philosophy around that. So when I show up as a leader in my industry, again, setting authority aside from, because authority is what you create, I think from this, and this is how you create again, that bigness. And this is where authority plays such a big role, which again, is something I feel like you teach so well. I think that when we establish who we are and how we want to show up in the industry as a leader, we're then able to set the cadence for how it is that we then interact with people. Of course, there's like that baseline of, in my opinion, it comes in three different ways. If we just look at business very holistically for a minute, the who, the what, and the how. So the who, of course, is again, who you are as that leader, and then who it is that you serve. This is baseline, right? A lot of you listening to this have done this work before. And so I want you to think of those two things in your mind. The second thing is what it is that you do, right? So for many of you, maybe you have a product suite, you have an offer suite, you have something that you're working with, you feel really good about it, or maybe you're listening to this podcast even more to find all the ways that you can maximize your product suite for scale. Now, that's what it is that you do. And you also know who it is that you serve and who you are. Now, the third thing is extremely robust. And Crystal, this is, again, something that I think that you do so well. This The robustness of the how, of how it is that we put that what into the world and how it is that we speak to the who, that's where the marketing piece comes in, right? That is everything. So that is the, like you, the email um, goddess of the industry. That is how we interact with people from an email perspective in their inboxes. That's how we interact with people on our social media channels. That's how we interact with people. You know, if we see them in real life, whatever that is, how are we taking the who and the what, and how are we putting it out into the world? So if we can really establish again, from that very, very beginning piece, that first step meaning establishing who we are as a leader, and then making sure that that's aligned with what it is that we offer. Because I feel like if we feel out of alignment between who we are as a leader and who we're serving and what we're offering, then it just, it kind of negates itself, right? It just becomes like this never ending hamster wheel of things that we actually just can't bring to fruition. But the how part is where we really turn into being able to magnetize those other pieces because we know them so deeply. So again, knowing who you are as the leader, aligning that with your offers, and then how it is that you're going to put it out into the world. I love that. I love that so much. And you're so, so kind. Thank you. I think this is so fascinating because I was talking to my therapist recently and she and I have been having the most interesting conversations about life, things grandiose. You know, what do you really want like from down to nitty gritty, like on a daily basis in life and the mm. bigger picture. And one of the conversations that's really stuck with me that she and I discussed was around how you can choose to live. And this, I think, relates back to business and is a slightly different perspective around what you're sharing with this what and this how that I love so much, which is we can, as business owners, like step mm. out and do the what. 
Like we can say, I want to build a six-figure, seven-figure business. I want to have an agency. I want to build a community. I want to do this. I want to have these offers. It's sort of like your resume, right? Like these are the what, Mm -hmm. like the facts that you're writing down. But the how is like, how do you actually want to show up in life? Like, how do you want to show up in your business? Do you actually care about those things on the what list? Or do you actually just care about how you're going to show up and how you're going to be there for other people? And I think this is something you do so well, which is you really show up with that how, obviously, with the strategy piece of how you want to bring that into your business Mm -hmm. and into your marketing. But the how of like, how do you want to be as a human being, you know, both Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur and a mentor and a consultant, but just also as a baseline as a human. So I love that you touched on that in slightly different perspective. I find it so fascinating. And I think we need more of that sort of awareness in our industry and starting to think beyond the what goals that maybe we see in the online space that other people set out for us and think about how are we actually going to do that and how do we want to be or exist? Exactly. Existential for you. I mean, what you said is so real. And I think that nodding back to that's kind of the formula, right? Making sure that we we feel so grounded in that, in that who, in the what, and it feels very like business 101, right? But that's just what I find is typically when we're feeling out of alignment, it's because something with that foundational piece or our blueprint is feeling a little off. And we move so quickly to, you know, in this industry, I feel like it's actually very common. We're always evolving as leaders. And so as we evolve, I find that our businesses do too. And so going back to always checking in as your baseline, like who am I and how am I showing up in the world is who I'm serving. Does that still feel super aligned? Just, you know, again, checks and balances system is what I'm putting out into the world. Is that able even to be magnetized? And then how I'm doing it. I think, again, the how part is really the invitation into it. And when I talk about creating experience, it's more about, okay, if this is how I'm putting out into the world, for example, you know, I'm sure that you've talked about this many times before too, Crystal. It's really important that we're not everywhere. We need to be in the places where people need to hear us the most. So maybe we decide to not do every single avenue of marketing, but we just, let's say we pick the top three that we know are going to really, really hit home with our ideal audience or community members or clients. When we pick those three, how can we magnetize those? Meaning how do we actually step into the shoes of of the listener, of the community member, of the client and think to ourselves, what do we want them to feel? How do we want them to experience this? And instead of just, you know, creating content and kind of feeling anxious around like, oh gosh, I have to do another Instagram post or, oh gosh, I have to do another blog post or, oh gosh, I have to host another clubhouse room. What if we actually think about reverse engineer that and think about the experience that we want to create? Because again, I think that is something that when we go from how we want to make people feel that's really how we're able to magnetize again, especially when you're sitting in that position of feeling magnetized yourself. That's so good. I love reverse engineering that. I think that that might seem like such a unconventional sort of way to do that and to think about the experience first, but I really think it's the root of everything. And like you said earlier, if you think back to a mentor you were involved with or somebody else that you just really felt drawn to, it was that feeling and that experience that pulled you in. Right. So mm-hmm. why don't we start mm-hmm. there? So smart. Mm-hmm. The genius of yes. Black Sea. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> well, it's a lot of a uh, lot of watching over the years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, and a lot of practice. Like I've seen it and I've mm-hmm. seen like and watched you and your community develop and evolve. And it doesn't at all ever look like anything isn't done with intention. And mm-hmm. I love that about you. You know, you're doing things in a way that really shows that you care about what you're doing and that you have this thought process behind it of how is this like community comes first with you always? How is this serving my community? 
So if we think about like the entrepreneur that is listening to this podcast right now, who may or may not be feeling like they already kind of have a community or eventually they're going to want to have a community beyond being able to identify like how they want to show up and how they want to be a leader. If they're wanting to move into nitty gritty and say, okay, but actually how do I take this? Like what can they start to do, start to incorporate to have this authentic relationship building online? Yes. I think the number one thing that you can do is changing the conversation, changing the conversation from me to we, inviting people into the conversation. So often, let's again, let's just even take maybe your chief communication platform, the way in which you communicate to your community clients, whoever it may be. And remember something of the like little asterisk side note here. If you have, you know, let's take your Instagram for a minute and you look at your profile and you've done all this work and you've curated it and your, your bio is optimized and you've got, you know, your brand photography and you're just, you're moving and grooving, but you look at that number above the word followers and you just get really down on yourself every single time. You're like, that number needs to be bigger. I'm looking for it to be bigger. You know, we hear this all the time. Be, be happy with what you have and serve the people that you have, right? That's something that's so important because when we serve them really well, that spreads like wildfire. But it's so easy to hear that, get caught up in that messaging that we need to grow, 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 do more, do more, do more, right? What if we actually, and you better believe I've already emailed Instagram about this. I'm just still, I don't know if I'll ever get a reply, but we'll see. <laughs> I, what, if we actually, what if we actually like change that word underneath that number to community? Those aren't followers. Those are community members. And what if we just made that very simple mindset shift that I don't have followers, I have community members, right? And a really, really great way of making that mindset shift is A, giving language to it, which we just did, but B, how do we integrate it? And the way that we then integrate it is by actually calling them that. So what if instead it was like, hey guys, how's it going? What if we actually maybe gave them a very specific name, right? What if we actually said, I was talking to a community member and he, she, they said X, Y, and Z, right? What if we actually invited them into the conversation versus on such a one-sided platform, for example, like Instagram, like we're using here, what if we actually invited them into the conversation in a bigger way? And there's so many ways to do that, right? Asking more questions, asking for their feedback. People love to give their opinion. Why? Because it helps them to feel as though they are being heard, as though they are feeling seen. And that's just not for like sake of doing so. That's because I think that, you know, especially to your listeners who I know are very impact-driven leaders, that's something that's important to you. You want to integrate that more into your world. So even if you are a namesake brand, just like you, Crystal Church, you have a community that surrounds that. And so, so much of that, it's, you know, people think this is a very complex concept here, but in fact, it's actually just changing the conversation from me to we, and then of course, inviting them into conversation, actually giving people a voice and your bigger vision of the world. And I think that's the third thing too, is to make that vision so clear. Like for example, I know I love listening to this podcast because freedom is one of my very top values, personal values. It's something I'm an Enneagram seven. It's so important to me. I do so much of this work for the freedom that I feel when I'm in it, right? It makes me feel alive. And so when you are sharing that vision with the world on a regular basis, again, using this podcast as an example, this is a way that you're sharing it on a regular basis. You are then asking people to come into that world, share that vision with you, which means that they're bought into your vision. 
And then when you have people who are bought into your vision, they become advocates. They become advocates saying, Hey, did you listen to Crystal's last podcast episode? It was so incredible. It was on, you know, X, Y, and Z. You actually have people and community members doing that advocacy work for you, right? Because we all advocate for the things that we believe in. It's just about giving them a platform and opportunity and also sharing that vision with them so they can have a shared belief. Gosh, that is so true. Advocacy is so powerful. It's something like we talk Mm -hmm. about in terms of like growing your authority and credibility, but thinking in terms of growing your community as well. It's so important. And if Instagram does not reply to you, I will bang down their door (laughs) because I think that that is a great idea. And especially kind of comes back to that conversation of, you know, when you think about your followers and, you know, I think every entrepreneur has been there at some point or another where they're like, oh, I only have only have this much. And, you know, you play the game of like, imagine those people in a room. Imagine you have a hundred people in a room with you. Ooh, that's That's about like, my heart's like probably like going really fast. (laughs) Like my palms are sweaty. I'm like, I have to talk to a hundred live people. And, you know, and then that grows, you get, you know, 500, a thousand people. And there's still, I think that inherent nature on Instagram, especially to have that voice in the back of our head that says, but we need more. Switching it to the word community it changes everything. It feels like you're in that room and you're like, oh, wow, that's a lot of people in my community. I think that that's an easy takeaway piece that everybody can have today that you can start to incorporate in your own mindset. So building on from that, I'm a little bit curious because it almost sounded like you were touching on some mindset work there and thinking about, okay, well, touching on the feeling of maybe I'm not enough or I'm not big enough or even that feeling of who am I, right? Who am I to do this? Who am I to talk to so-and-so? Who am I to, you know, go out there and try to cultivate this experience? What do you say to entrepreneurs who are feeling that who am I? I mean, this is something that, first of all, I want to openly say that these are things that I deal with all the time that I think that our work as leaders is not to get to a point where we never have to deal with these feelings again. It's to become more resilient in the face of them when we do experience them. And when we are in that, I know there's even certain times of the month for me, for example, this is like a complete, complete hormonal thing. It's like emotional, physical, spiritual for me, like all of these different points where, right. Sometimes I'm kind of having this low point and my certain levels of my hormones are super low or whatever it may be, or I had an interaction, you know, with someone in the, in the drive-through that just didn't feel right. Or there is, there's so many things, right. That can, that can set us off a conversation with someone um, being disregarded by someone. There is, there's so many different pieces Um, I think it's about doing the ongoing work every single day to believe in ourselves even more. And so, you know, I just, I don't know if any of you guys have seen, um, the show Ted Lasso. I just started, I'm a little bit late to the party, but it's one of my favorites. I just started it too. (laughs) I'm like a handful of episodes in. I love it. Yes. Yes. I mean, there's like so many one, actually there are some, some really, really beautiful hidden gems in there. Not, well, they're actually very clear, but gems in there around leadership and and this subject matter. Um, and also, I mean, let's talk about like how magnetizing Ted Lasso is for a minute, right? That's his internal opt. That's his like eternal optimism. That's not everybody though. Not everyone is an eternal optimist optimist and you don't have to be, to be, to be magnetized. Right. But what he does is he believes so deeply 
and his people and the work that he does. Right. And over and over and over again, you know, that's his whole thing is believe, 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 right. It's one thing to, it's one thing to just think it. And then again, there's the integration piece of believing it. So right here, it's that like, okay, you know, saying my affirmations every day. So I just say them to myself but then believing in it. How are we grounding down in that? And so some of the things that I do is um, to do that, just to give you some like tactical examples here is I have a a whole toolbox of things because the same thing doesn't always work for me. Um, I, every morning when I wake up, I ask myself, I, I just kind of have a list of rituals and I'll ask myself what feels right. Like for example, this morning, what felt right was the drive with my husband and our dog. And we went to the coffee shop and got, you know, a matcha and a coffee and sat there in the sunshine for a few minutes and just caught up. That's not every single morning, right? That also means that I didn't maybe get to my desk as early or didn't do certain things, but that filled me up in a really special way because connection is something that's really important to me. That's one of my values, right? Some mornings it's about waking up and not actually rolling out of bed at all, but actually just opening up my favorite book and reading as many, many pages as I can in 30 minutes, you know, whatever that looks like. Um, some mornings it's about just sitting on the couch and scrolling my phone. I mean, truly, as much as I would love to tell you, the reality is stay off of your phone as much as possible. Because yes, um, the reality is sometimes that actually makes us feel good. If that's something that doesn't make you feel good though, recognize that and make the change, right? So when we can actually ground this down in daily practices that truly, truly build us up, I think that's that's everything. Um, I also am a huge advocate in mental health. And so um, I you know, never miss a session with my therapist. I want to say also that therapy isn't always super accessible to everybody. And so what does that look like for you? What can you do? And, you know, how can we get you more um, accessible help and how can you maybe ask for support here, there, everywhere in your networks and groups to get what you need? Maybe that is speaking with a mentor or speaking with someone who um, is a confidant, you know, whatever that may be, just a phone call with a friend. How can you actually ground down as you grow in your leadership journey in these practices to go back to? So when you do get thrown off kilter, you're just more resilient in the face of it, because the reality is challenges will always be there. It's just our job to build our resiliency factor. I love this because you're just saying, start with you, like forget about actually, you know, showing up as you, as the business owner, that next level Mm -hmm. self that you want to be. And you're just saying, fill up your own cup, which is so grace. And so, so much of what I think we often put to the wayside first right? Yes. It's like yes. things get busy and the first thing to go is going to be like the morning run to coffee with the husband or, you know, mm-hmm. reading your book or whatever, when those in fact are the things that will set you up for a successful day and week and month. And just like make those like warm and fuzzies that you carry with you throughout the day. Absolutely. I mean, let me be clear. There was a million objections that went through my mind this morning before I was like, oh, I, I'm just going to tell him, no, I can't go to the coffee shop. I've got too much to do. I have this, but it's yes. like that pull that like knowing how I'm going to feel after again, working off of the feeling I think is, is everything. Yeah. You know what? We always have that voice in our heads too. I've named her and I'm like, when she like starts going off on a list like that, like, Hey, but you know what, Crystal, you don't have time to go on this hike or go and do X, Y, and Z because you have this many emails to get back to and this much X, Y, and Z work and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. I'm like, well, wait a second. 
Is she actually right? It's like stepping out of the thinking mindset and into the observer and trying to be that third party to say, well, wait a second. I think you can calm down. It will be there when I get back and I will come back into it even better. Right. Absolutely. Um, Yes, absolutely. I can tell you like value that so much, not just within your community, but with yourself too. And I think that really rubs off and And coming back to that word experience, it creates this experience that makes people realize, oh, you know what? I can value myself too. And Mm -hmm. I can do that because I'm seeing other people do that. People that I respect like you, Grace. So I just love Mm -hmm. that you bring that into so many women's lives that I think it's easy, especially busy working women, moms, you name it, that they need that reminder that they're just as important. Always, always. It's, it's so, so true. And I feel like the more that we can lean into what it is that fills us up, the more magnetizing we become because we're full. I think that we, it's hard to kind of like, if you will, you know, kind of close your eyes and imagine that like radiating of that feeling or that experience or that interaction or that connection, we can, we can really only do that from a place of fullness. It's so difficult to do that on emptiness. In fact, that's typically what, what are the things that send us into burnout? Yeah, absolutely. That's so true. Um, I'm loving this conversation so much. And I really want to like think a little bit deeply right now, if people feel like, and this is more on a small scale interaction level, like let's think on social media with people. And if we're thinking about creating these authentic relationships, I think we've all had an experience where we are having a conversation or involved with somebody on social media that maybe doesn't feel super authentic, maybe doesn't feel like they're either our people or maybe they're showing up for the right reasons um, in our DMs or something. Do you have any recommendations for um, women or other people who feel like they're in this sort of mix with somebody that doesn't quite feel authentic and they don't know how to approach that? Yes. And I'm going to give you a kind of a double-sided answer here because I believe it's really important for us to lead by example. So much of like our actions can be can come from the reaction of someone else. So for example, we've all had that like very weird cold DM situation. And then like you try to write back to be polite and then it just turns into this thing and you're like, oh my God, am I being sold? And you just want to like throw your phone and run. <laughs> it's that very yes, awkward yes, yes. <laughs> moment of just like, oh my gosh, no. And what that does sadly is it deters you from let's even just say from the very baseline of just DMing someone because you're like, oh, I don't want to sound salesy or oh, I don't want to sound annoying or you know, whatever the thing may be. So let me give you a way instead to maybe like lead by example and hopefully that can help you show up better in those interactions. So I call this the hotel concept. I worked in hotels for many, many, many years um, doing events and what I something I always noticed and you know, some of these were very high-end hotels all the way to very like boutique bougie hotels and whatever that would look like. And, you know, I'd walk through, um, I'd, I'd pull up, you know, sometimes I would park my car, sometimes there'd be valet, whatever that looked like, right? And I'd walk through the breezeway and I'd walk into the hotel and every hotel, there was a different experience. Um, and I will say the experiences that that stayed with me the longest were the ones that really um, were as, or where I felt the connection, where I felt recognized, right? So I walked through the door and and, you know, maybe the bellman says, Hey, how's it going? How's your day? Isn't it beautiful outside? Yeah, it really is. Like, thanks so much for your help. What's your favorite restaurant around here? You know, there's, there's just this little conversation that we're making. And then I go to check in at the front desk and have a great conversation with someone about, you know, again, maybe it's the weather, maybe it is the event that's going on, whatever it is. And then the person I'm in the elevator with, I mean, every single touch point, there is something that, you know, of the greatest experience I had, there was someone and something that really made it special for me. 
imagine if, okay, like you walked into this this elusive hotel and you go through the breezeway and then you go into the lobby and no one says a word to you. How would you feel, right? You would not feel seen. You would not feel heard. You'd be like, I'm turning around. I'm paying however much for this room. Like I am out of here, right? Like this does not feel good. This does not feel good to be here. This either, they're either making me feel inferior or like I'm, you know, not enough for this place or whatever it is. So this is the very simplest of things. Let's say you see someone starts following you on Instagram. They followed you along for whatever reason. Let's say they listened to a podcast episode or someone told them like, hey, you have usually no idea how people find you in some cases, right? So my philosophy is when someone walks through the quote unquote, again, I'm using air quotes here, the front door or the breezeway of your world, how are you welcoming them into it? Just as the simplest form, like just start from square one. I think we tend to overthink it. Like, how am I actually going to take this brand new follower and put them through my entire program suite? We get like way ahead of ourselves, right? How are we going to get up on our email list? How are we going to do this? It's like, what if we go back to the very, very beginning part where we just welcome them in? What would that look like? That's why every single person who comes into the crunch community, that's just it. It's a DM. It's usually, it's depending on, you know, my level of availability and energy. Sometimes it's a quick message and sometimes it's a voice memo. It's usually a voice memo because people, we just psychologically, we build a lot deeper trust when they can hear your voice and they can also hear the the, um, authenticity and the genuineness in your voice. But it's just a quick, like, Hey, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome in. That's it. (laughs) Like that is it. I'm not asking them to join my email list. I'm not anything like that. And usually every single one of those messages turns into a connection, turns into a relationship. Then when we have that connection and relationship on the table, and only then can we start to invite them into conversation around our programs, our services, our offers, or whatever it may be. So going back to square one around like, how can you put those interactions, those maybe tough interactions that you've had with people aside and establish your own? What does your hotel look like? What does your breezeway look like? This hotel concept of when they walk into your world and putting your blinders on and only wor- worrying about that, what are they going to experience and how are they going to feel? How are you welcoming them into your world? Yes. I think that that's so important because we often think really grandiose. We think, yes, I need to do this huge thing. I need to have this ballroom, this entrance, bring them through our entire product suite (laughs) when actually just sending a message and saying, hello, like, I am so glad you're here and making some sort of genuine connection with somebody. Um, That's That's so key. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Look at that. Like such easy, (laughs) tangible pieces we can take away and start implementing. And I love that because it goes to show that everything that you've talked about doesn't have to be yet another thing you need to do. It can be something as like 10 seconds to send a hello message, right? Something as simple as the way that you're engaging with people, whether you're a solo entrepreneur, whether you have a team thinking about every touch point that you have and just fine tuning that and making sure that you're giving away this experience that you want people to really feel and um, take away long past their time, you know, in that encounter with you. That's the thing that they're going to remember, right? That's the thing that they're going to remember you for. And especially when you have made that mindset shift from we to me, even if it's someone on your team inviting them and how special does that make them feel? It doesn't always have to be you, right? I think that when you've changed that conversation from me to we, then then that's how you're really tangibly grounding it down and saying, welcome in, welcome into yes. this world, you know, welcome into this community. Me to we. And there's yes. that famous quote too, that people won't remember what you said, but people will remember mm-hmm. how you made them feel. 
And that is so, so true. You have given us so many good knowledge nuggets today. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. I have a a closing question we love to ask here on the Freedom Found podcast, and I think that you're going to dig it. So you know that we all have this dream inside of us, right? That's Mm -hmm. why we're here to live out our own version of freedom. Whatever that means to each of us can be completely different. And many of us have started our businesses because we want to bring that into our day-to-day reality. So I'm curious to know, what advice do you have for entrepreneurs that are listening right now that are on a mission to incorporate more freedom into their life? Oh my gosh, I would say always checking in with your big vision and making sure that that feels like your vision is always allowed to change. And sometimes I feel like there's so many of us as high performers or high achievers that if we feel like we skew away from that, that that means that we're a failure, that that means that we're not finishing a project, that that means we're not, you know, doing whatever it is. And I think, you know, making sure to check in with that vision and do the, the checks and balances system of does this, how does this make me feel? Is this freedom to me? And really defining that, that, what that is. I think that we can only ever see things through if we understand what they mean to us. And so, you know, for that's why the beauty of all of us being so different is that freedom means something different to all of us. It can be monetary, experiential, it can be spiritual. There's like, there's so many layers to this. And so, and I think, I think in alignment with living your kind of most authentic journey and authentic self, I think it's so important to check in with what that is and then always recalibrate your vision to make sure you're working towards that. Because again, I know your listeners being impact-driven leaders, that if they are always working towards that vision, that vision first, that they're always going to feel in alignment with what that is, especially if you give yourself the permission to tweak it. The more, you know, the more that you integrate more knowledge into the world, the more that you integrate more experience into your world, whatever that looks like. But by leading with that vision and checking in as to what that means to you and what freedom is defined to you, I think you can never lose that way. So well said, Grace. Thank you so, so much. Everybody checking in with their big vision. I do that on the regular and you know what? It changes all the time, right? And that's the beauty of it because what Crystal thought she wanted a year ago is not what Crystal today wants. And what I want today is probably not what I want in a year from now. And it's probably similar, (laughs) right? Like it's not like I'm making a 180, but it is really important to always come back to that. It's a good, um, I think, healthy reminder to incorporate into our uh, just regular existence. Now, if, and this is actually a must, not even an if, a must to go and connect with you on other platforms and other ways, because you have so much goodness to share. You have a wonderful community yourself. Can you tell the listeners how we can both work with you and then connect with you outside of the podcast? Oh, yes. I cannot wait to see all of you and have you experience our, um, our welcoming crew. Uh, I, we are always over on Instagram at quench.collective. And I feel like the best way to get involved in this world is, um, through our free weekly meetup called fill up your cup. This was something that was born. It was actually a, an in real life event in Southern California, 25 people. It was monthly. We had, you know, costs associated with it. And then 2020 hit, we took it online. We made it free, we made it weekly, and we have now impacted over almost 8,000 women from a global perspective. We brought over 85 um, incredible guest mentors, including Crystal, to the stage. There's so much incredible power and knowledge. And that's really one of our values is to always be able to bring you a diversity of both leadership and knowledge. And so I think starting there on that stage is something that's so important. We meet every single Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So wherever that falls for you, um, all the replays are always available to you as well. But I think that's such a wonderful jumping off point 
point into um, our other education platform and um, community services. And we have a lot of stuff that's forthcoming too. So best way to get involved, I would say, is fill up your cup. And how can we access fill up your cup? Can we get there through your Instagram? Yes, that's another great question. I love how specific you are at this because that is always like a question I have when I'm listening to podcasts. How do I actually get there? Yes, so that is really our jumping off point in our chief chief platform. You can navigate to um, all of our upcoming fill up your cup um, meetings uh, through there. You can sign up for that, reserve your spot, albeit free. We just want to know um, that you're going to be there so we can account for you. And we also, of course, if you want to land on our website as well, which is actually um, going live September 1st, so ah, that will be I'm available so to. <laughs> that will be available to you as well. You also can navigate to all of our replays, that sort of thing. So either way, we'll bring you. But I would say your jumping off point, a great spot is Instagram. Wonderful. And we'll link to those in the show notes as well. So thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart. You're just a wonderful human. I am so happy to be able to bring your expertise and your insight to the community. And I really value you. So thank you again for pouring into us. And I can't wait to have you on in the future. Thank you so much for having me. I admire the work that you're doing here in the platform that you've created for leaders everywhere. So thank you, Crystal. Thanks.